kind of just doing something and then kind of responding to it, painting over something, hiding and revealing. I think one of one of my professors always kind of mentioned hiding and revealing, and, and that's something that really kind of stuck out with me. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 167th episode, I'm joined once again by Steve Adair. He is a painter as well as an installation artist and mixed media artist, and he currently lives in Arkansas where he also teaches, so we're excited to have him back on. I would like to remind listeners that our 2016 competition is now open to all BA and BFA students as well as MA and MFA students and professional artists. So we'll be selecting three artists from each of those categories for a total of nine. So again, if you've got a new body of work that you have for a thesis exhibition or you've got an exhibition coming up that you'd like to promote or just you want to get your work out there to a new audience, please apply to Studio Break. And if you know any students or other professionals interested, please share this information, pass it along, and encourage them to apply. And since Studio Break is officially turning five full years this October, I've decided to go ahead and jury this year's artists. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to getting a wide variety of great stuff. I know there's a lot of great art out there being made all over the place so please apply if this is your first time checking out studio break we want to invite you to check out our archive of episodes again each of our posts have images of the artist's work links to their websites and of course these handy interviews where you can learn all about their experiences how they got from point a to b and what's going on in their studio so please check them out You can check them out in the default player, just play them right on Studio Break, or if you like, you can subscribe to the Studio Break podcast through the iTunes link and just check out episodes that way. It's a great way to stay up to date with what's going on. Of course, there are other ways to stay in tune with Studio Break, so please like our Facebook page. We do have a Tumblr account. It's studio-break.tumblr. And last but not least, send all your tweets to at Studio Break and check us out there as well. And with that out of the way, here is our interview with Steve Adair. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, Steve Adair. How are you? Hey, I'm awesome, Dave. How are you doing? Good, good. Again, I know it's been a long time since we uh, followed up, but like as I was saying earlier, episode 92, December 21st of 2013, but uh, I thought since uh, it's been a while, we should catch up and, and hear what's been going on. So excited to have you back. Let us know again, where are you, where are you at right now? You're in Arkansas somewhere making work? So I, I kind of relocated since I last spoke with you, but I'm in uh, Northwest Arkansas, a uh, small town called Rogers, Arkansas. It is um, about uh, probably 10 minutes from the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art up there in Bentonville, so um, that's kind of in my backyard. Um, but it's really kind of a great great place to live and work, and it's a little bit different than where I was living before, so that's always good. Sure, sure. And, and again, um, you have a, a BFA in painting and education. You are a teacher, are you not? I, I am correct, yes. I got my BFA in 2012 from Arkansas State University, and uh, my degree was in art education as well as studio art with an emphasis in painting. And for the past uh, three or four years, I've been a 
uh, distance learning uh, art teacher with a uh, with a co-op here in Arkansas, and um, I've taught anywhere from kindergarten to uh, 12th grade. So just kind of a little bit of everything. Has that kind of also impacted your art making? You know, because I know obviously uh, being in school and just having all the time in the world to kind of work on stuff, but, you know, just the fact that you kind of have to prepare stuff and, um, you know, help other people along with that process. Does that help out your process of art making? It does. Yeah, it does. I feel like, you know, the way I work in the studio is just pretty intuitive and you know, I'm figuring out things for myself. I'm kind of making my own, you know, my own kind of game plan as far as doing things. And it's usually pretty much trial and error. And, um, and whenever I teach, I feel like, you know, I have to, I honestly kind of have to um, be able to explain it to, you know, a younger audience as far as like, uh, you know, a technique or maybe something, you know, dealing with like art history, uh, mm-hmm. things that I might teach. So, so I was going to ask, though, because, again, we're going to obviously be talking about, uh, you know, the show that you have uh, going on at Three Rivers uh, in a little bit. But, you know, also you kind of have essentially like these two quasi-different bodies of work, right? I mean, you've got kind of more traditional uh, 2D paintings where you're in a lot of instances including the figure and then these kind of like dissolved fields or maybe things that kind of resemble landscape or interiors and then you have these leaf form paintings so i think we'll maybe start with the uh kind of figurative paintings if you will so where where are these at now and and i guess we can kind of just open it up and start dissecting oh sure yeah so um the figurative stuff is uh kind of a throwback to what i was doing uh, with my uh, undergraduate art degree, kind of working with a figure. And uh, with that, I've always kind of been uh, interested in, you know, a lot of different source imagery. So that's kind of something that I'm still kind of interested in and sort of pushing. I'm just kind of interested in sort of kind of doing that and, um, you know, appropriating, collaging, uh, things like that. Well, so to get more specific then too, are there like specific places that you will look or take images from? I mean, are we talking like you're perusing garage sales, you're buying, you know, people's, uh, relative pictures or something for the frame supposedly, but you're (laughs) going to put this person in a painting, but are they taken from magazines? Where are they all taken from? I guess it's funny because I, when I say this, I, you know, think of a time when magazines were like, you know, common. And now I'm starting to think like, you know, in 10 years, people are going to be like magazines. What are you talking about? I just got this from the internet. So. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of, it really all kind of started, you know, cause, um, you know, when we spoke in 2013, you know, we were, um, or 2012, we were, uh, I was actually, you know, spent quite a few, uh, few months living with my grandmother and kind of, taking care of her and you know grandparents of course you know collect lots of you know older magazines like home and garden and things like that so i was pulling a lot of that imagery from from magazines like that you know old old advertisements um photos uh uh things like that so you know just kind of looking through that and then and then since having moved past that i often find uh a lot of images just really just from looking on the internet and uh um as well as as going to uh you know 
flea markets and stuff and kind of looking for photos. I'm interested too in talking about that kind of relationship between kind of like those abstracted fields and kind of like the, I don't know, the spaces that you kind of put these figures in. Because I was looking at them earlier and I started thinking about, I don't know, like almost like it, like it'd be like a psychedelic cartoon or something. <laughs> yeah, but there's a work that you have for 2015 called Girl. And the coloring, for some reason, again, it just seems so kind of like nostalgic. But then there's this kind of like dissolved, you know, background and, you know, lots of colors and stuff like that. So maybe we'll talk about that one for a little bit. What, what's going on, say, just with that particular piece so that people can kind of get a better idea? Uh, sure, yeah. I guess really the, you know, the genesis for that one it was this great, this great photo of uh, uh, Lauren Bacall. Mm-hmm. She's just a, a fantastic actress, you know, back in the 40s and the 50s. I think she recently passed away several years ago, maybe. A lot of the images that I appropriate and look at am interested in are a lot of these, uh, you know, glamour shots that, you know, I find on the internet or in books. So that was really the inspiration for it, just this, you know, really great picture. I guess with uh, with as far as, like, dealing with the painting, is, you know, I'm kind of interested in... Um, you know, whenever we think of these old photos, we oftentimes think of, um, you know, how they're, you know, kind of tarnished in a certain way or discarded, especially if you're looking at them in like a flea market, you know, they're kind of, you know, torn on the edges and, you know, kind of dirty. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I always kind of approach the painting just kind of as, as making something that, that looked and kind of reflected that sort of tarnished, discarded look. And I guess, and that one in particular is a, a little bit more brighter, so it, it might kind of contrast what are some of those intentions in the other paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of the general idea. Of course, I'm I'm also kind of interested in you know like when we think of discarded, you know, and uh, you know something else that sort of kind of pops in there is 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 like graffiti, you know, um, kind of the act of. Uh, you know, maybe painting over a, an advertisement or maybe a, a billboard or something like that. So, you know, in a way, how I how I approach painting uh, parts of the figure and maybe painting over other parts of it to uh, to kind of conceal things that also kind of goes into that um, that kind of graffiti type gesture yeah again i think that's a really kind of interesting approach you know and especially because if you look at some of the other works again there's inclusion of like stencils and and silkscreen and other materials so i could kind of see that as well and is that kind of like the way that you'll kind of work then in terms of like maybe around the the figure or kind of as you're adjusting these paintings you're kind of just adding some kind of formal thing to respond to or maybe it's like adding an area that seems like it's been, you know, like weathered away, kind of painted over. I think it. I think it's a little bit of all those things because, um, you know, because obviously I am I'm really interested in the figure and and I'm and I'm interested in a lot of things. You know, with the you know the other body of work and then the figurative work. I you know I kind of like to work in two different veins just because it it keeps me interested in and both of those things you know i might do one thing and then i might go back to the figurative stuff but you know for this body work it, it always really starts with the figure and i'm kind of inspired and drawn by that um you know as far as like choosing a picture you know i might paint something and then it might you know it might just not work out and i might paint over it completely with a with something else maybe a you know a, another person or an advertisement so 
it's kind of uh, it's kind of just doing something and then kind of responding to it, painting over something, hiding and revealing. I think one of one of my professors always kind of mentioned hiding and revealing, and, and that's something that really kind of stuck out with me. Um, because I think that's what painters do. They sort of, you know, they sometimes show you what they want to show you in the painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a level of like it not necessarily being as obvious as it is. You know? Right. And I say this as someone that uh, <laughs> nostalgically walks through uh, neighborhoods and is like, look at that place. Look at that place. There's a swing set in the background. <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? Like something that has all of these kind of hidden meanings or like like an undertone. And I think that's also something that's interesting. So, for example, like, again, there's another painting called uh, Girl Lost, which is, again, kind of like a a diptych or at least somewhat of a diptych where there's kind of like a split between the image and you, you know, you do use diptychs quite a bit as well. Um, so again, I could kind of see that, that idea or maybe that relationship because oftentimes like there's like a, I don't know, there's almost like a shape in response to that figurative shape. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that one, I mean, that one, you know, when you look at it, it really does kind of, I, you know, I've always, I've always liked, you know, just, you know, juxtaposing like really, really old and new. And that's maybe something that I've, I've been doing with these paintings is just, you know, kind of picking older imagery and seeing how I can, you know, revamp it and appropriate it into something that's more relevant now. Um, but, you know, I just love that image and, and it really kind of, I think most people would look at it and, kind of respond to it being from a different time period. Well, and I'm curious then, is is there a particular uh, time period that you kind of think is like your golden age, if you will, you know? I'm totally open to everything. I, I've, uh, you know, I, I went through a phase where I was really into, um, you know, painting, um, you know, Greek and Roman statues. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just that idea of this, you know, this, uh, this monument, you know, this kind of monumental thing. And, uh, I don't know. I, I think um, I think there's all there's all sorts of things you know out there, and there's really not a single uh, one single area that I'm just kind of you know drawn to. Yeah, and I guess that would be kind of like something maybe to kind of bridge and, and talk a little bit about the the leaf forms. And again, I, I believe you kind of describe them, you know, kind of like ex- kind of exploring the uh, the uh, landscape, you know, the local landscape, and kind of coming across. Um, places that have like overgrowth but i don't know maybe you can break it down for us better than i can (laughs) oh sure yeah so like the impetus for all that was um just going to uh to older houses you know um and and you know abandoned you know seedy houses locations you know buildings that have been abandoned and such and uh um you know back then i was going through places and you know finding you know old furniture and doors to to paint on and make assemblages out of um so that was kind of this whole thing that i did when i was uh was younger i guess um but the whole time you know i was sort of interested in and uh how some of uh how some of these places you could just look and and nature would just completely you know overtake um some of these buildings some of these houses and um you know, in one instance, and in I mean, you know, and I live in Arkansas, so if you um, <laughs> if you see like an abandoned house on the side of the road, I mean, in the middle of summer, you know, you probably can't see it because there's so much, you know, just growth, 
just engulfing it. But anyway, in one one situation, I saw a oh, it was just this beautiful house, and it had um, just vines, and you know, it had a tree growing on the inside of it. But um, I guess the main thing that I was really drawn to was uh, it just had vines just coming from the window, just all across the wall, going up to the ceiling, and. Um, I was just kind of just obsessed with how uh, how nature was just kind of reclaiming what was you know rightfully it before. So um, you know, flash forward a couple of years, and then actually thinking about the leaf forms, um, I knew I wanted to have some kind of a um, some kind of a, a sensory kind of installation that overtake some overtook some kind of a space. That was really kind of how it started, and and um, you know I knew I wanted to have something that was uh, you know almost kind of like stylized because you know if you look at some of the work it's not really uh, you know I'm not really painting leaves I'm not actually making something that comes across as that but it kind of you know it sort of gave me enough to go with you know as far as to kind of go in some direction and and create something on my own. Yeah, I think they just work so differently than the paintings, you know, obviously just because of the way that they're installed, but then they kind of create this like sense of direction or movement, you know, in a, in a, in a way, because they're kind of like repeated forms and they're all, you know, like in arcs and there's kind of like all these relationships because the forms are similar. Oh yeah. But again, I really like the way that it kind of recreates that idea of like, again, like growth on a wall, even again, like even though it's stylized again, I think it's very interesting. Um, and even in that, there's a kind of a variation. So, for example, there's um, it looks like an installation called Leaf Forms, and again, it's kind of like much more specific. Like it kind of is like into a design shape as opposed to like another one where it's kind of like again just just wild, if you will. You know, so there's some variation in there. What is that? Something that you kind of do that's kind of specific to the installation? I feel like each each one is very. It's usually pretty specific to um, to the venue where it's going to be displayed, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and, and it's yeah. So I guess I, I feel like they're kind of specific to the venue. I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes I kind of set out to be really you know, I set out to make it really consuming, and I kind of want to fill up as much as the wall as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other ones, uh, it's it's really just about like this this thing that exists in the space you know maybe it doesn't really you know encroach on the whole gallery but it's it's something that kind of exists with the gallery so my my latest one um back in uh january was kind of more kind of like living with the gallery so it was a little bit more um it was more i guess more about like the kind of movement of the leaf forms on the wall that was really mostly the the focus and that's and that's kind of fun too because you know, you know, as you know, when you're when you're making a body of work and you're really you're kind of like living in that moment, you're not really overthinking a whole lot. You know, you're kind of, you know, because whenever I'm making those, I'm just kind of open to to how things kind of pan out as far as like making them and installing them. Um, so, you know, just the the idea of installing them, you know, you can kind of be kind of in, inspired or you can kind of riff on the movement of some of the pieces to you know and that kind of goes in a whole different direction than than uh, than how I might have thought about it before but yeah I mean and of course I'm a teacher so you know I talk about 
you know, I talk about things like tessellations and, you know, Escher and, and even, you know, even op art, you know, I, I talk about that a lot with my students and, and, and it's so fun to, to show them some of that work because, you know, it does really kind of change kind of how you look at the work, you know? Yeah. And again, it's interesting because you've got some forms that are, um, again, maybe kind of more painted in the past, but now they look like they're, um, maybe more solid. And again, you can kind of correct me, but have the, have like the way that you've built them, is that also something that changes? You know what I mean? Cause like some of them have, again, more of that kind of like textured look or like, you know, like there's more painting involved in it and some of them are flat, you know, right. in terms of color. So again, that's probably a variable. It's, it's, uh, I'm kind of, you know, it started out very like, um, I was kind of approaching it as a painter. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I was making, each individual piece they were a little bit larger they were more they were more like easel sized paintings that were shaped so um i think i was approaching them more as an artist you know or more as a painter uh dealing with you know kind of formalistic things such as color and shape and texture but the more um the more i kind of worked with the idea i just felt like you know the the whole the whole installation itself, you know, the grouping of 200 pieces, that was the gesture that I was wanting to make, uh, attempting to make. So um, I've kind of leaned away from that and kind of gone with a more solid solid coloring for each one because I feel like, um, I feel like the, you know, the actual, you know, the actual swarming motion of the, the installation is really what is really what I'm trying to go after. And, and, you know, the actual coloring of each one is, you know, a little bit less important to me right now. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, and again, it's interesting to to think about the way that that process evolves as you keep doing it, you know? So it'll be interesting to think about what, you know, I mean, again, you could paint on any kind of shape. I mean, you could be doing all sorts of, uh, crazy installations coming up, you know, um, you'll have to get scaffolding. Maybe that sounds fun. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, uh, Michelangelo was able to just paint on his back, you know, maybe that's something you got to look into. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. The, yeah, I did one, I did one for a, uh, a friend of mine's house. He commissioned me to do a few in his house and they were actually, uh, welded. They're actually sheet metal rather than wood. And um, each one was, you know, welded and kind of attached to the wall, and and uh, it was it was more kind of an industrial uh, way of creating it. But you know, that's something that I'm interested in in doing. You know, maybe that might be where they go next. You know, actually using metal rather than wood. Again, that's kind of an interesting thing. You know, when it comes to to doing again work for for like a collection or something like that you know again there's all sorts of variables um so it's interesting to hear you kind of describe you know how that process changes and you know what the differences are well why don't we talk a little bit about your your current exhibition again you have a exhibition that is up at uh, three rivers college in poplar bluffs how many pieces do you have in that and how long is that going to be up for uh, i believe that's it's going to be up for probably another week or so and um that is uh it's an exhibition titled leaf forms it's uh it's all i would say pretty new pieces from this uh this past year some uh, a couple of them are from the year before but that consists of I'm trying to think maybe 12 12 or 13 pieces all together 
Yeah, it's kind of confusing because they're all called leaf forms in every piece in the show. <laughs> but um, some new pieces I'm pretty, uh, pretty stoked about are actually some pieces I did this summer, and they're actually uh, uh, leaves that I'd taken from my yard and um, casted and uh, created uh, um, some pieces out of uh, plastic resin. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of painted sort of in a similar way as the, the wood pieces, but they're a little bit more, you know, kind of, they kind of take on that actual leaf shape, including, you know, some of the textures there. So I'm pretty excited about those. I think those are a little bit more, a little bit more tactile. It kind of makes sense to kind of maybe continue that. And again, it's really exciting because, I mean, there's so many variables. I mean, like what happens when you cast them all from those leaves and there's all these variations, but they're all the same color. And again, there's like a uh, installation that you have uh, from this year called Cascade 2, which it kind of incorporates a lot of these kind of like blue and, oh, yeah. you know, aqua kind of like pieces but then it's kind of set on an orange wall so i could i could see again kind of continuing this this process of evolving those installations to include you know again more castings who knows so again i I like that idea of it becoming more specific and again it's interesting to see the way that that changes so after this exhibition wraps up are you you got things going on in the works um new opportunities coming up or are you just going to go right back into the studio and and keep working towards something else coming up i'm probably um probably going to go back into the studio um i've got a few things sort of kind of puttering around um I've got a show uh, in, in Little Rock that's going on through September. Uh, it's an exhibition of my figurative stuff. That The name of that show is called Dapper, so that's kind of this, this series of work that I created this summer, more figurative-based works. Since moving to Rogers, I've, I've done a mural, which is something that I never thought that I would do before. So I'm kind of, kind of open to, to maybe pushing that and kind of looking into that because it's because it's weird it, it you know it's it's something that takes me out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways because it's very like um you know you're working outdoors mm-hmm. <laughs> so um i'm looking looking forward to maybe doing that and kind of exploring that and um but yeah other than that uh just a whole lot of painting a whole lot of teaching um and a whole lot of living. <laughs> a, whole lot of, a whole lot of living, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to think about murals then too, because like you're saying, I mean, you could kind of kind of work on the wall and then include all, also like maybe things that might be coming off. Now, granted, if it's outside, obviously um, it's kind of like a different situation than you know like a temporary exhibition. But again, I think that definitely could be something that adds to uh, the dimension, if you will, of the work, you know? Oh, yeah. I really, I would, you know, I kind of want to do a big leaf forms installation on the side of a building. I mean, that's kind of my, that's kind of my bucket list. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, Well, again, it sounds like you'll be busy and uh, it's nice to kind of catch up and and hear about, you know, what's going on in the studio. So again, thanks for taking the time today and uh, nice to see all all the success and all the, the stuff that comes with it, I guess. Totally. Thanks, Dave. Thanks once again to Steve for joining me. Once again, you can check out his website at steveadair.com. You can see some of the work that we were talking about as well as follow up with upcoming shows that he has. So please check it out, steveadair.com. 
And just a quick reminder that our 2016 competition is now open, so please visit studiobreak.com and find out how to apply. It's quite simple. Ten images, an artist statement, and a PDF is all you need. And it's open to all BA and BFA students, MA and MFA students, and professional artists. So if you have an upcoming thesis exhibition or just an exhibition that you'd like to promote or maybe you just want to get your work out there to a wider audience, please apply to Studio Break. If you know any students or other peers that might be interested in this opportunity, please pass it along and encourage them to apply. It's always great to get a lot of interesting um, applications, and it's always a lot of fun. This year for our 2016 competition, we're turning five officially in October. I'm going to go ahead and be the juror this year, so I'm excited to see what kind of cool artwork keeps coming in. So again, get it in by September 30th. As with previous years, we're going to be selecting three artists from each of those categories. So three BFA, three MFA, and three professional artists will be featured on Studio Break. In addition to that, we're working with Demo Project from Springfield, Illinois. Jeff Robinson and Allison Locker are going to be selecting an artist for a solo exhibition. And in addition to that, David Fielding is a professor of art and manages the art gallery at the Tin and Fine Arts Center at Three Rivers College in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We'll also be selecting artists for a solo exhibition, so very excited to have those spaces participating. So once again, please get those applications in. And if we've managed to snag any new listeners, please check out the archive on Studio Break. Again, you'll find tons of interviews up there with images as well as these lengthy interviews. And if you want, you can always follow the iTunes link, subscribe to the podcast, and never miss one that way. And, of course, if you like it, please leave us some comments and feedback in iTunes. Again, it really helps with visibility, and I'm not just saying that. So please, uh, would really appreciate some feedback there. Of course, you can also share all of our posts, all of our new interviews, on any number of social media platforms. Again, you can like our Facebook page and check out stuff there. You can also follow our Tumblr account at studio-break.tumblr. And, of course, you can send all your tweets to at Studio Break. So please check us out in those places. Say hello. And as always, I want to thank Skylar Mail for providing the music to Studio Break. You can check out his artwork and his music and all sorts of good stuff at skylarmail.com. And last but not least, if you want to check out my artwork at davidlinaway.com, again, you'll see plenty of stuff up there as well. So please check it out. We hope that you enjoyed listening. We'll talk to you real soon.